It's Wednesday, February the 5th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Iowans await a result and Britons flee China. First, the world in brief. America's Democratic voters held their breath as the state of Iowa chaotically tried to tally the results of Monday's caucus, the first contest in the months-long selection of the Democratic nominee for president. A glitch in the app used to transmit results was thought partly responsible. With 62% of the votes counted, Pete Buttigieg appeared to be narrowly ahead of Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden was in fourth place. Dominic Raab, Britain's foreign secretary, told Britons to leave China if they could to avoid exposure to the Wuhan coronavirus. The strain has now killed at least 490 people in mainland China. Ten passengers aboard a crowded cruise ship docked near Tokyo have also tested positive for the virus. Globally, there are more than 24,500 confirmed cases. Iran's highest court sentenced a man to death for spying for the Central Intelligence Agency. The court said he had handed over information on Iran's nuclear program, which the regime insists is peaceful, to America's spy agency. The sentence comes amid high tensions between the two countries after America's killing of General Qasem Soleimani in a drone strike last month. Nine people were killed on Monday at an amusement arcade in Uruapan in the western Mexican state of Michoacán. This follows the recent murder of two activists committed to saving the wintertime habitat of the monarch butterfly from illegal loggers in the same state. Gangs are believed to be behind the killings. Mexico saw a record number of murders in 2019. Sales of new petrol, diesel and hybrid cars are to be banned in Britain from 2035, five years earlier than originally planned. The country is due to host COP26, the next big UN climate summit later this year, and is keen to assert its environmentalist credentials. Britain is already committed to a target of net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Disney reported that it attracted 26.5 million subscribers to its new streaming service, beating analysts' expectations. The success of Disney Plus came with steep costs, however. Pixar, Marvel and Star Wars universes cannot be commanded on the cheap. Even as revenues grew by 36%, the media giant's net income fell by 23% year-on-year. And on Bob Dudley's last day as BP's chief executive, the British oil giant announced better-than-expected earnings. Although it reported a 26% drop in profits in the three months to the end of December, that easily beat forecasts. BP's cash flow, from which it funds its dividends and share buybacks, also increased 10%. And now, here's today's agenda. Trumped the president's acquittal. The third presidential impeachment trial in America's history will conclude today when the Senate votes to acquit Donald Trump on charges of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. This outcome has long been assured by the chamber's Republican majority. Even the two Republicans who voted to hear witnesses such as John Bolton, Mr. Trump's former national security adviser, who had been prepared to testify that the president played a central role in pressuring Ukraine to investigate a political rival, may not vote to remove the president. Democrats may nurse longer-term hopes that vulnerable Republican senators up for re-election in November could be damaged by buckling under Mr. Trump. 
but for the moment the winner is the president. His trial tightened his grip on his party and tilted the balance of power sharply from Congress towards the presidency. In Mr. Trump's State of the Union message, he sought credit for a great American comeback under his watch. Heaven help them, Argentina's debt. An unlikely venue may be, but today Pope Francis hosts a seminar on inclusion, integration and innovation that will also kick-start talks about his home country's debts. At the Vatican's Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences, Cristalina Georgieva, head of the International Monetary Fund, and Argentina's Treasury Minister, Martin Guzman, meet for the first time since he took charge of an economy facing recession, inflation over 50% and a record IMF loan. Both sides are treading cautiously. The IMF chief stresses her wish to take on poverty in Argentina, also a goal for its new government. Mr. Guzman insists the country wants to pay its IMF debt, worth $44 billion, but needs time, calling the loan negotiated by the previous government a loud failure. Joseph Stiglitz, a Nobel economics laureate, ex-chief economist of the World Bank and mentor to Mr. Guzman, will act as an intermediary. Mr. Stiglitz warned recently that Argentina's creditors must be prepared for a significant haircut. The Cost of Non-Cooperation, the Mekong River The Mekong River Commission today begins a two-day meeting in Laos to deliberate over yet another dam and the future of the river. The 4,350-kilometer, 2,700-mile Mekong runs through China, Myanmar, Laos, Thailand, Cambodia and Vietnam and provides water for some 70 million people. The biodiversity of its basin is second only to that of the Amazon. The meeting comes as the environmental costs of a dam-building boom, overfishing and sand mining are piling up. Last year, the river's water levels dropped to a 100-year low. In Cambodia, the Tunle Sap, Southeast Asia's biggest freshwater lake, nearly dried up. In Thailand, parts of the typically chocolate-coloured river turned turquoise, devoid of sediments after the opening of the Chinese-run Shiaburi Dam. And in Vietnam, the delta is sinking into the rising sea. Disturbingly, none of this is likely to make upstream countries, especially China and Laos, change course and cooperate with their neighbours downstream. Minority Report – German Politics In the 1970s, West Germany's two main parties, one centre-left, one centre-right, together captured over 90% of the vote. Today, they are among half a dozen competing for German support. Such fragmentation complicates the business of forming governments. Last October, voters in the eastern state of Thuringia returned a particularly complex result, depriving the government led by Bodo Ramelov, regional head of the left party of a majority. His left-wing three-party alliance won just 42 of 90 seats. But today, Mr. Ramelov hopes that the fractious new parliament will vote to reconfirm him for a second term as the state's minister-president anyway. Minority governments in Germany rarely last, so what Mr. Ramelov hopes to do is unusual, cooperating with liberal or conservative parties where possible to survive the entire term. His first test may be his biggest. The opposition has not ruled out working with him on a case-by-case -case basis, but they will oppose him today. No Mo Joe, the leadership at Siemens. 
Today's General Assembly in Munich may be Joe Kaiser's last at Siemens. The conglomerate's chief executive could be replaced as soon as this summer. The results for the first quarter of Siemens' financial year will be solid, but Mr. Kaiser's image has suffered in recent weeks. The reason is the giant's 18 million euro, 19.9 million dollar deal with Adani, an Indian group developing a coal mine in a basin in Queensland, which became a target of climate activists as bushfires ravaged Australia. Environmentalists, including Greta Thunberg, a young Swedish campaigner, appealed directly to Mr. Kaiser, who reacted by inviting a German activist, Luisa Neubauer, to take a seat on the company's supervisory board. Ms. Neubauer snubbed the offer and instead travelled to Davos to bash Siemens some more. She is planning more protests at the General Assembly, which is likely to be louder than usual this year. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Adlai Stevenson, who was born on this day in 1900. Words calculated to catch everyone may catch no one. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.